Grace and peace to you all. Denise and I met CPC in Brazil before coming here. We searched for a Presbyterian church on the internet, and we found you. Our very first Sunday was here, and the reception was so great, and we just glued in this place. And here, we participate as much as possible in the life of the church, and God gave us so many opportunities to serve here, to get together, especially inviting people to come to the church, and many came. We are already <clears throat> grateful for your love. In particular, I thank you, Reverend Preston, and also Reverend Jeff, for the marvelous time that we get together in my sabbatical time here in New Haven, blessing my life and blessing Denise's life. Also, uh, I thank you for the opportunity to share the word of, of, the, of the Lord today. I'm sure you know the meaning of the word mercy. And today I'm going to allow you practicing it. And I ask you mercy uh, to me because English is my uh, third language. <laughs> I speak Portuguese and then I speak Spanish. Uh, and my preaching style is not reading. I came from an Italian background, so I like gesturing, walking, but today I, I will be stuck here. <laughs> and I have no, I have no option. <laughs> if I walk, I cannot read. St. <laughs> Augustine said, the measure of love is to love without measure. And you know why? Because poor love can be measured, said William Shakespeare. Even more than that is the incredible story of God's amazing love because God so loved the world. Joshua's story took place about 1,400 years before Christ. God promised to Abraham before he had any children at all, saying, I will make you a great nation. To your offspring, I will give you this land, the promised land of Canaan. God's people had been waiting for this promise over 400 years. And remember that Israel was wandering 40 years in the wilderness, waiting for this moment to come. And the challenges and obstacles ahead were huge for them to face. They were heading a land filled with giants and well-prepared people to fight. Joshua said that in the past, we should go, go up and take possession of the land, for we certainly can do it. However, another spy also said that we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. The land is a land that divorces its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are, are of great height. 
and there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Enoch, and we, it, we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. Instead of hearing Joshua and Caleb, the people followed the voice of fear. We are not able. They are stronger than we are. As a result, God sent Israel to the wilderness of Cades Barnea for 40 years. Imagine Joshua's dissolution having to spend 40 years in the wilderness because of others' incredulity. And God says to Joshua, Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I'm, go that I'm giving to, to them, to the people of Israel. How this story, close to 3,400 years ago, can be applied to us today, here, now, in New Haven, since we are not fighting to conquer any land, well, hopefully. And since God has no more armed military people, we all face so many fights today in a, at the individual level. You name it, family and marriage struggles, financial problems, intra-psychic disorders, lack of friendships, countless conflicts for meaning of life under the sun, and so on. And at the social level, the list is also endless. Racial matters, political sides conspiring against church unity, increasing urban violence and insecurity, ecological crisis, economical wars, and much more. Our challenge and obstacles may differ, but the principles to overcome in this story can be very meaningful to guide us to face our struggles in, of life. And the, very, and the very first one, right in the middle of our struggle is, follow God's direction. That's the first principle in this passage. Follow God's direction in your struggles. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said, the Lord always says, he always is saying to us, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun. This story begins with leadership, God's leadership. The Lord said, God is our leader in the middle of our struggles, right in the middle of our obstacles and challenges, we can count on God's direction. The Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Nun most probably uh, lived his entire life in the Egyptian captivity as a slave. And Joshua himself was born there as a slave man a child in, in, in Egypt. His father named him Hoshia, meaning salvation. What a step of faith. We Presbyterians like that. 
What a step of faith. A slave father is expressing his trust in God through the name of his son. Salvation will come. One day will come. And Moses later changed it from Hoshea to Joshua. Meaning, Lord is salvation. Which is the Hebrew form of Jesus. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from his sins. This book is about God's leadership through his servants. See how many times in this passage God himself said, I, eight times, let's count. I'm giving this land to the people of Israel. I have given to you as I promised to Moses, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Have I not commanded you? It's about God. Before Joshua became the leader of God's people, he needed to understand who their leader was and the one who controls everything. This story, above all, is about God and how he used his servants in our everyday life. Here in in New Haven, our area, let us remember that God is still in control. He's Emmanuel, God with us, just as I was with Moses, so I will be also with us, with you. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He guided his people using Moses and Aaron. He provided judges like Deborah. He also priests such as Samuel, king like David, all the kings of Israel and Judah, all the 17 prophets, majors and minors, Our supreme leader, Shepherd Jesus, who sent his Holy Spirit to guide us. The apostles, deacons, Philip, Stephen, church planters like Priscilla and Aquila, pastors like Preston, Jeff and Craig, myself, (laughs) leaders of this church, and so many others. Some struggles we don't choose to control. We don't. However, it is up to us to follow God's direction. That you can choose. At the second, principle in the midst of our struggle is, besides following God's direction, walk by faith, not by fear. Walk by faith, not by fear. This book is about Transitional leadership from Moses to Joshua. God recognized Moses as my servant. However, Moses was informed by God. He was not going to guide his people into the promised land. And because of that, he made this request to God. And Moses said, please take Joshua. 
the son of man, a man in whom there is spirit, and lay your hand on him. What a challenge to be Moses' substitute. Indeed, Joshua needed strength and courage. Joshua's responsibility was to guard Moses' tent in the past. The servant is becoming, is becoming now the leader. Even though this passage doesn't reveal Joshua's feeling, it looks like he needs encouragement because the Lord tells him three times with increasing intensity. Lord said, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. And at the end of this chapter, the people also said, only be strong and courageous. Maybe Joshua was overwhelmed with fear at the time of his commissioning because he knew how hard it was to replace the mighty Moses. And he also knew the challenge ahead. Joshua himself was one of the spies, you remember, who visited the land in the past. How marvelous is to hear God's voice right in the middle of struggle saying, don't be afraid. I'm with you. And God knew Joshua was in need of confidence because he said three times, I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. It was time. It was Joshua's time to lead God's people to the promised land. God was about to fulfill his plan. And, and so he said to Joshua, Joshua, now therefore arise. Arise, Joshua. Arise. Arise means have faith in me and walk by faith. Do not walk by fear. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people in the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. Because I promise. Arise, Joshua. Arise. But do not arise on your own strength. That's our problem when we face struggle. We think that we can arise in our own strength. As you arise, please remember this. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Listen to that. More than a destination, God promises his covenantal presence with Joshua. More important than the destination is the presence of the Lord with us right in the middle of our struggles in life. Let us remember that God is our shepherd leader who gives us human 
shepherd leaders to guide, protect, teach us. So, leaders of CPC, arise, not now. And walk by faith, no matter what. Arise in the confidence that God will be with you, not leave you, not forsake you. Arise because this church, CPC, needs you. The sheep of this flock is under your care. So arise and be strong and courageous and shepherd these people. God said to Moses, but char charge Joshua and encourage and strengthen him. So Moses said to Joshua, in the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous. I imagine Moses saying this to Joshua. Be strong, Joshua, and courageous, for you shall go with these people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. Leaders of CPC, it is the Lord who goes before you. Why God? We're charging Joshua to be strong and courageous so many times, at least for four reasons. He would face difficult times. The Canaanite kings, oh my goodness, the Canaanite kings. He would need patience in work, working with people to bring them to their inheritance. I've been a pastor for 32 years already. Oh, how can, how we pastors need to be patient with people. I tell you, <laughs> we need to be patient. He would be an example to live personally by the covenant teaching, the law, and make it a reality in the lives of people. I know that you are always watching us, pastors. He would need the courage to walk with God and, may, and who may lead him in an unexpected way. These are the challenges the leaders of this church face today. Faith, it's not believing, in spite of the evidence. No. But faith is obeying, despite it of consequence. And this is an illustration of faith obeying, despite uh, the consequence. I asked two students from South America Theological Seminary to write their real story of struggles in life, just to share with you today. It's a public. They allowed it to women. Clarissa Sanchez, a former student and now professor at South America Theological Seminary in Londrina, Brazil, my country. It's an amazing story of a courageous woman. In February, she wrote, 2002-12, taking my preventive exams, I was diagnosed with breast cancer at a four two years of age. I was a shock because I had no risk factor and I thought I'm going to die. I cried for three days and claiming Jesus for, for courage. 
I had surgery, chemotherapy, and radiotherapy. My family and friends gave me support, but the side effects of chemotherapy were de devastating in my life. I had no strength for anything. My mind wanted to do things, but, but body didn't react. I felt trapped, a slave in my own body. In those moments of greatest weakness, I kept thinking about women with cancer who had young children who had to bath to feed them. I was, it was so hard for me to take a, just a few steps to get to the car and to go to the clinic. And I thought of the people who had to go to the bus stop as I cried to God, I began to intercede for all those who are sick like myself. And when I finished, I finally finished all the treatment, God was bringing me too close to some woman face cancer. That's when I realized that God was giving me a ministry. On April 2013, I founded the Touch of Love ministry. We rented a house near the cancer uh, hospital of Londrina, my city, to promote cancer prevention against and to offer support to patients and families struggling with cancer. Every day, touch of love welcomes people with affection and respect. It takes courage to touch lives with God's love, says her. The touch of love. Clarissa is now professor at SETS, and a deaf midwife assisting people in the dying process. It is easier to fight against God and blame him when things happen to us. But only courageous people turn dramatic situations of life into a serving ministry. As Clarissa. Now let's turn to the third application of this story. It has to do with the source of our courage and strength. And has nothing to do with you and me. And the, th the source of our courage and strength is the book of the law. It is God's Word. In the midst of our struggle, third, obey and practice God's word. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law. This book of the law shall not be depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate, like a ruminatio, ruminating. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according all that is written in it. Joshua now must be faithful to this book of the law. The source of his Courage and also the source, our courage and strength. We don't see to believe. Never. We believe to see. We don't see to believe. 
we believe to see. Our believing and our walking must be according to all God's word. It is evident in this story the centrality of God's word as the foundational source to overcome our personal or collective battles. The word ark appears 23 times in this story. 23 times, 23 in this story. It is something, gone, something going on here, isn't it? Prosperity and good success are totally related to the book of the law and not to the book of our culture that measures us by what we have. God is clear to Joshua, be careful to do all, not part or portions. That is reading it. Israel was close to cross the Jordan, chapter 3. Joshua makes a radical and non-negotiable appeal to the people. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. It was time for inner discipline and dedication for the task ahead. How many times we forget that? Do they have so many tasks ahead? But the Lord is still asking us, consecrate yourselves. Don't forget that. Consecrate is the requirement. Consecration is a requirement. If you want to expect wonders from God. And, and in Joshua 17, 13 says, get up. Consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. There are devoted things, devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away, take away the devoted things among you, among your life. The first enemy to conquer in our battles is not the one out there somewhere. It is ourselves. It is ourselves. By keeping devoted things in our lives. God said, I will be, I will be with you no more. I'm tired. Unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things that you worship in your life from among you. Devoted things are condemned things. No one can serve two masters. God was about to do wonders among the people. And he required a communitarian. I think you understand that, huh? Is it, a, my, is it bad English here? No. Communitarian consecration. It's, it's consecrate not only you. It's consecrate yourselves. It's a communitarian consecration. Pay attention of that. 
It is not individualistic consecration. The consecration starts with the deep and profound sense of the need to renew God's word and his covenant to us. It may start in your upper room. That's okay. In your personal pilgrimage with God. That's okay. In your spiritual formation. No problem. Devotional time. Right. And that like a river. As the streams of our spirituality finds our wife, husband, son, daughter, neighbor, friends, fellows of work, the waiter, the cashier, the homeless, the janitor, your brothers and sisters, and finally the whole community as you gather uh, together to a public and collective worship service as a community to love our neighbors in our involvement in the society as a public public communitarian faith in the power of the gospel, seeking the transformation of our culture, bringing God's justice here and now, making a profound impact in haven, in area, and in a global scale also. It is our time, brothers and sisters. It is our time. The time is now. It's not tomorrow. And not yesterday. It is now. This is our battle. It is the battle against a worldview in a kind of society that pushes, pushes God and his word to the periphery of life. We are before the thick walls of this secularized Jericho today. The word of God is foundational in our life. Joshua's definitions of consecrations, when he called up the eastern tribes is this one. Listen carefully. This is his definition of consecration. Only be very careful. Joshua's definitions of consecrations. To observe the commandment of the law that the Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God, consecration. To walk in all his ways, consecration. And keep his commandments, consecration. To cling or hold fast to him, consecration. And to serve him, consecration. With all your heart, consecration with all your soul, consecration. Vanessa Carvalho, another former students, student, and now professor at Satz also, wrote this story for you. Listen, 15 years ago, while I was set students, I had my first contact with women's victims of violence through a scientific initiation project entitled Eva's Silence, carried out in partnership with Londrina Women's Police Station. The purpose was to provide spiritual assistance to abused human. At that moment, I never imagined that a few months later, the victim of violence would be myself. The space that should be welcoming and safe became for me one of the worst places to go. Where? My own church. 
There where the rapist presented himself every Sunday as an active member of the community. Arrives at the police station, lawsuit, criminal examination of legal medical institute, taking drugs recommended for emergency contraception and STD and AIDS prevention, deep depression and trauma being one of more in my country, sexual violence statistic where the marks that would be part of my life story forever. The comfort, support and shelter came from sets teachers who cooperate so that I did not miss the school year and most importantly, my own faith. I could feel the huas spirit presence during the moments where discouragement and dread wanted to overwhelm me. Gradually, I became, I came back from the ashes um, like Phoenix turning pen into strength and testimony into service ministry for the lives of the other woman in the same situation I went through. Today, I'm active in a network against women violence, especially in the, in the religious spaces. As a set teach, teachers, I coordinated a project entitled Studies on God and Violence Against Women. And again, only courageous peoples people turn dramatic situations of life into a servant ministry. Now was in Vanessa. We're not supposed to consecrate yourselves just for the sake of ourselves. The purpose of this communitarian consecration has a missional purpose. Right after God performed his wonder when Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry ground, Joshua declared, finally, the missional purpose of our consecration. And he said, so that all the people, peoples of the earth, may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Conclusion. Thousands of years ago had passed when this story happened. And here we are right now at this time, space, neighborhood, city, state, nation, and world remembering this incredible story of God's amazing love. Once again, God is calling us as CPC to <clears throat> proclaim and manifest his kingdom so that all peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord and your God forever is not about us, brothers and sisters. It's all about him. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give the glory. It is time and always will be to reconsecrate our lives in a deep commitment of living under God's directions. Keep your personal intimacy with God and his word. You are being encouraged by this church daily to pray, read scriptures, memorize, meditate, and maintaining your personal journaling. I recommended you maintain your personal journaling. Walk by faith, 
not by fear, because we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Nourish the communitarian consecration in the power of the Holy Spirit. Fight, please, brothers and sisters. Fight against the cultural battle, battle of individualistic, secularized, self-centric lifestyle that conspire against Christ's body. And finally, for all the leaders, I stimulate you as men and women of God to maintain God's word ahead of you People want to see how God's word first impacts your life. And by his grace, we became a model, a model of humble servant leadership. On the other hand, I also stimulate you to honor and affirm our, our leaders and, uh, with prayer, words, encouragement, and sincere love. Please, CPC. Arise, arise, so that all peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. As said Dr. John Mackay, uh, the third president of Princeton Theological Seminary. Whatever God gives you to do, do it. 2020 is just beginning. Just be strong and courageous. God bless you.